Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Hey, welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholtz, and not alongside Scott Dugan exactly today. Uh, Scott's got the day off as we celebrate episode 100 of the show. We're going to do something a little bit different here on Your Retirement Elevated today. For this milestone episode, we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and look back at some of the best lessons from the past few years of podcasting with Scott. And so, let's be honest, you probably haven't listened to all 100 episodes over the last several years, so there should be some good nuggets and takeaways for you today as we look back over some of these episodes. So, Scott, if you have listened to a couple of episodes, you'll know this. Scott's a great storyteller. And it always makes financial planning a little bit more relatable when we can tie it to a story, maybe about our past or just everyday life. And so what we've done is we've gone back through the past 100 episodes and pulled out our top six favorite stories, and we trimmed each one into a bite-sized piece. So this should be easy to understand and consume and enjoy. By the way, we're going to link to each of these episodes that we mentioned in today's show in the show notes or in the description section of today's show, so it should be easy for you to find. Go listen to the entire thing if you want to, to get even more context on these various subjects. All right, let's get to it. So here we go. Sit back and enjoy these stories as we celebrate episode 100 and gear up for 100 more. So our first story comes from episode seven. It's the story of the holiday ham and why sometimes it's good to analyze some of our old assumptions. Well, looking forward to this because I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain, folks, of what normally happens here on the podcast. Normally, Scott and I will kind of combine on, you know, what we're going to decide to talk about. So we'll kind of come up with some topic ideas. We'll kind of flesh out, you know, the right way to steer the ship so that we can kind of cover all the necessary bullet points, all those kinds of things. But we threw that model out the window for today's podcast. Scott simply sent me an email that says, today's podcast, holiday ham and running out of money. And that's all he gave me. And so (laughs) I don't know where you're going to take this, Scott, but I have a feeling it's going to have a story involved with the way you've kind of teed this thing up. So tell us about the holiday ham. I'd love to. So I've been married for 10 years. I can be actually 10 years next month and got married late in life. And one of the great things about being a bachelor for so long is I learned how to cook. I get pretty proficient at it. That's probably and, what helped you then eventually land the lady, right? <laughs> absolutely. It does not help to be a Renaissance man. And so it was probably our third year of marriage, and we're having the holiday festivities at our house. And I love to cook. My wife loves to cook. So we're in the kitchen together, and it's going to be my job to cook the ham, you know, cook the holiday ham. And so I get the ham ready to go, put the pan out, cut the ends off of it, put it in the pan, get ready to put into the oven. My wife comes over. She goes, huh, that's interesting. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, why did you cut the ends off the ham? I said, well, I don't know. My, my mom was a great cook, and I spent all the time in the kitchen with her. You know, that's what she did. And she goes, well, why did she do it? I said, you know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not going to question mom's methods. No, not, not at all. Not at all. And so I said, well, you know, my family's going to be here later, my mom and dad. And, you know, my grandfather, he's 94. So we'll ask them when they get there. So a few hours later, we're sitting around in the kitchen. I said, got a question for you. I said, do you remember, you know, talking to my mom and my dad were sitting there. I said, you remember, you know, we cooked the ham, you, you cut the ends off of it. He goes, yeah. I said, well, grandma did that, right? 
said, yeah, she did it. So why did she do it? Like, well, I, mean, I don't know. We never really thought about it. So we go in and ask my grandfather. He's sitting in the TV room watching TV. I said, hey, do you remember, you know, Grandma, she used to cook the ham and she used to cut the ends off of it. I said, do you know why she did that? And he kind of thinks for a minute and he's kind of mischievous anyway. My grandfather is. And he starts laughing. He goes, yeah, I remember why. I said, how come? He goes, because we didn't have a big enough pan to fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why and it, yeah it was that simple <laughs> yeah and so here i was i've got a pan big enough to fit the ham in but i'm still cutting the ends of it off and so here's the moral of that story wait wait hold on i have to know oh, before you go to the moral are yeah. you are you still cutting the ends off of the ham just because or have you adapted now We've adapted. Okay. Now that I know <laughs> why, and I'm always fascinated with why we do things, because a lot of the times, you know, like a lot of us, we just do things because our parents or our grandparents did them. Yeah. You were expecting there to be some reason like, oh, it retains the juice better or mm -hmm. crisps the edges or it oh, yeah. overcooks the edges if you leave them on there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some fantastic thing. <laughs> nope. They were just... You didn't have enough money for a big enough pan, and they just chopped the ends off. Yeah, so, uh, so, so again, you know, we all do things, and especially in the world of financial planning, retirement planning, you know, we just do things because that's what we've been exposed to. And I always think about or ask myself the question: Is there a better way? Whether it's cooking in the kitchen, taking care of your home, or taking care of your finances, or planning for your financial future. I think we all need to ask our question, you know, is there a better way? Our next story comes from episode 14, Redefining Retirement. And this story is how retirees are approaching this new chapter in their lives. I try to stress to people that you're going out saving, putting money aside, you know, keeping your debt under control or, you know, wiping it out. That money that you saved is a tool and it's a tool to give you time to do the things you want to do or experience the things that you want to experience. And so it's just that it's fuel to let you do what you want to do. What I see is that we just don't necessarily spend that much time thinking about what it's going to be like, what we're going to fill our time with. Because the average person in America that retires gets 2,500 hours back in their life. So the average American spends 2,500 hours a year getting ready for work, commuting to work, and being at work. And hmm. When you stop that, that's a big void. Okay, And I can tell you the habits of our most successful retirees, or you know, they've switched careers, is that, I'll give you this little tip, all of them have a routine that they take advantage of almost every morning. And I'll give you an example. We've got a retired physician they spend their time between Kansas City and Florida. We talked about this, and he kind of acted as for his last six months of work because I, I kind of lived that, tried to live that retirement lifestyle to kind of get in that mindset. He said, We get up every morning, you know, we, we do our things, we go for our walk, get our exercise done, and get our things around the house done, have our lunch. He said, If we get that planned, he goes, we feel like we've had a successful day. And he said, and whatever happens in the afternoon or the evening, he goes, we're fine with, we want to have some leeway. But he said that habit of having a morning routine, you know, exercising, reading the paper, doing those things, you know, having a healthy lunch has really set them up to have a 
they've had a great retirement so far and everybody's going to be a little bit different you know but getting into that you know the day you retire and trying to figure out what you're going to do that can be a daunting task and i can tell you that where i see people have quote unsuccessful retirements is where they just kind of stop and they just their activity lowers they don't interact with people as much and they just kind of rust in place and you know that's not a healthy situation either so i would say get out there be engaged do the things you want to do be creative give back because that's what we all strive for we want to have that connection with other people and we want to feel like we're adding value to people's lives and if you've worked you know all your life and raised kids and or had a successful business you've got a lot to offer people and i think that's we need a lot more today is wisdom from people that have lived lives and have great character and great habits and great experiences those things need to be passed on to the next generation for sure and i think that's pretty apparent when you go to any retail store in today's world you know those younger folks probably need to have more exposure to people that have been around a little bit <laughs> give, give them some uh, some good habits and qualities the third story we'll feature is from one of my favorite episodes number 30 this is it this is the end of everything that was the title of the episode uh, this is a lesson in why you can't invest like the sky is falling well, it's scary to start with because we're talking politics. And if, if somebody saw the headline of our episode today and then clicked play, they saw kind of an odd headline, maybe a little bit more different than our usual ones, where it's like, you know, are you prepared for rising taxes or tax saving strategies or the important ages of retirement planning? Instead, we went with this is it. This is the end of everything as our show name today. Where are we going with this? <laughs> Well, that little uh, little zinger uh, was a quote from a gentleman named H.L. Mencken, and he was the sage of Baltimore, and that was on the morning of November 3rd, 1948, with him reacting to the election of Harry Truman. <laughs> you could probably copy and paste that into uh, the last couple of elections here more recently as well, I, w- I would imagine. Th- that you, you, same reaction, no matter who gets elected, probably is uttered every time, right? <laughs> yes, that's so true. So true. And the record will show uh, that the commentator cited, you know, that above, this is it, this is the end of everything. He wasn't quite so sage that November morning, because what transpired after that, uh, and I'll share the details with you. So at that point, you know, Truman defeated Dewey, the greatest upset in the history of American politics, bar none. And he said, this is the end of everything. Um, and in fact, if you would have taken those words from the sage of Baltimore and said, I'm going to make decisions about my portfolio based on these political reactions, you would have missed about a 50% upswing between Election Day 1948 and the day President Eisenhower was inaugurated in January 1952. Wow, pretty good return over four years. Huh? Yeah, not, not too bad. And we've got to also, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to history. But those are four tumultuous years between 48 and 52, during which the Soviet Union got the atomic bomb, number one. America lurched into a land war in Korea. And our country at that time was torn apart by investigations into communist subversion. 
And the broad equity markets went up by about half <laughs> amongst all those things going on. You're right. There was a lot going on during that for you. <laughs> it, it, it was. <laughs> uh, we think a lot's going on today, which, yeah, there is. I think we're just more in tune and it's delivered quicker to us today. But there was a lot going on at that period of time. And so I, I just kind of want this to be a lesson that we don't want to start making investment policies out of your personal dread or revulsion at a political outcome you don't like. Our next story is from episode 63. The episode was all about why you shouldn't make assumptions about retirement. But the episode began with a great story that not only reveals how Scott almost followed another career path, but also explains why we talk about food so much on the show. And a lot of people, actually Jennifer printed uh, in our last newsletter, just things about me that people probably didn't know. And so going back um, 20 plus years ago, I came to a crossroads where I kind of had a chance to go down a different path uh, from a career standpoint because I moved back from the Pacific Northwest. I was working at a health club in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, managing that. Looked like there was going to be some ownership there. Super excited about that. And then the gym burned down and the insurance company did not pay. So it was this long protracted deal and I had come back from the Pacific Northwest and I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be in this industry. And then, you know, six, seven months in, it's gone up in smoke, literally. Wow. And I was without a job for the first time. Um, I was actually went back and was roofing houses with my high school shop teacher. Because that's what I did through high school and college to make extra money was would do construction projects uh, with him along with road construction, all those things. And this is just a way to, you know, basically make money, keep food on the table. And I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to be a chef. I had got all the material. I was seriously considering going to chef school. My buddy calls me up and he goes, hey, I've, I've got a job with this company. Uh, you got to come interview I know you're going to go to chef school. Maybe you can, you know, it's not going to be till next semester. Why don't you come down, maybe make some, you know, maybe you can make some money during that time and then, you know, go do what you want to do. Well, that was 20 plus years ago. I went to that interview and never left the financial services industry. And looking back, uh, I probably wouldn't make a great chef. Those hours and, you know, th- those types of things, maybe a good owner of a restaurant. Uh, but I was definitely geared to be more of a business owner. So I, I prefer that my hobby be cooking, not my vocation. Do you ever wonder what are the four most popular financial questions Scott gets all the time? Well, we did an episode on that by that exact title, episode 72. And it was one of the questions, will I be okay? That Scott was able to really relay a helpful story to illustrate why that's on the tip of so many tongues. And the final one, this is, sounds very simplistic, but I hear this and a question, if I say, well, you know, what keeps you up at night? What's your, what's your main focus or what's the thing that you talk about, you know, with, with each other when it's quiet? Uh, and it's always going to be, will we be okay? Will I be okay? Meaning, have you done enough to prepare yourself for retirement that you're going to be okay from an income standpoint? healthcare standpoint, 
you know, looking at all those eventualities, because that's what we really want. We want to be okay. We want to have to be comfortable in our life. We want to be able to have a some predictability in our life. And obviously, we want a little bit of fluctuation to keep it exciting. But most people, when they say, will I be okay? They're meaning, will I have enough? Is it all going to work out? If life throws some curveballs, you know, can we make enough changes? And a, a great example of this and a sad example, I had a conversation with a client not too long ago. I've been retired for about six years now. He is 71. His wife has just turned 68 and she has dementia and healthy, active lifestyle that all the things you thought were what you do to take care of your mind and your body and your health. And she's a situation where he has dementia and the call, a lot of those questions that I just talked about, those, those things came up and that the biggest one is if we need to provide care, are we going to be okay? The, all those questions really revolved around, they didn't maybe not articulate them that way, but we'll be okay. Is our money going to last? You know, do we have enough? Can we stay retired? Are we going to have to make things, uh, move things around? The, and the answer, fortunately for them, was their portfolio and plan can absorb those costs You know, for a substantial period of time. There may not be the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for their beneficiaries, uh, like they wished, but they do have the resources to take care of their medical needs right now and in the foreseeable future. And we got off that phone call and they felt better about the situation and knowing that they did the right things. And I answered those things through very technical financial planning and all those details, but I expressed it in, in ways it was easy to digest. They didn't want to know how I got the answer and all the iterations and calculations they had to do. They just wanted to know that we had the ability to do it, we did it for them, we're on the job, and they felt comfortable that they can still have a, a, and maintain an adequate lifestyle, maintain independence, and not be a burden on their loved ones because they have a plan in place and it's flexible enough to meet, again, all the needs of, of their life going forward. Our final story is a great lesson all around. It's from episode 78, and it helps explain why time is undefeated. We've got a fun show, uh, a little something different on the way for you today. So we're uh, today's show inspired by a video uh, that Scott came across, and it's all about time and the fact that time is undefeated. Scott, you want to take us behind the scenes of what inspired uh, today's topic? So and people have heard me talk about some of these things, these ideas before. But think about, you know, time is undefeated. Nobody outlasts time. And one of the big questions that people have uh, when they come in and seek advice and want to plan put together is they want to know, hey, am I going to be okay? Is my money going to last as long as I do? You know, or am I going to outlive my money? And that's a time thing because we don't know, we, we don't have an expiration date. Okay, we we're, it's unknown when that's going to, and hopefully it's, you know, Years from now, we have a high quality of life, and and then we we pass away peacefully in our sleep. But that whole time thing, most of the people and the families that we take care of, they were diligent savers. They kept their debt in check with the idea that if they 
put the time in, made good decisions with their money, put it aside, there would be a point where they could leave paid work and that diligence and sacrifice of saving money, they would have enough money set aside where that money would now take care of them. And now they could spend their time doing more things that they really wanted to do. Because if we're in our career, hopefully we're doing things that we like. Hopefully we're doing things that we enjoy. Uh, but sometimes we, we do things we don't like to do, you know, because of commitments, because of responsibilities. And so I see that. Uh, I see our clients that made decisions to do things that, that weren't maybe in their wheelhouse, they, but they said, you know what, I'm, I've made a decision to provide. Perfect example. My father married at 18, married my mother. They were dated, dated in high school, had me at 20. Uh, my dad loved cars. I wish he had the cars that he had at that time that he bought and fixed up. Um, he had a 57 Chevy. He had a Camaro uh, that he worked on and, and redid. Um, but he wanted to be a car designer. He wanted to, to be the, one of the people that were behind the scenes of, you know, how do we, how do we bring these ideas and, and, that was his vision, you know, but he didn't get to do that. Um, he instead joined the National Guard, became an officer, finished that, came out, worked construction at a nuclear power plant and worked his way up uh, for years and years and years, worked his way to a, an executive position with utility. And so it wasn't his dream. Um, it's not, you know, what he set out to do, but he never complained. And he told me that he was, his job is what he does for a living. It's not who he was. That wasn't his identity. But it let him save money and raise kids and do all the things that he felt were the right thing to do. So he spent his time doing those things with the idea that, hey, when he retires, can he go do more of the things he wants to do? And so unfortunate part of this, you know, the pandemic, not due to COVID, but we lost some very near and dear people in our lives that were our clients. And some of them long, long time clients, you know, a couple of those folks that, you know, they'd only been retired for a year. And fortunately they did a few things um, on their bucket list, but there was still a long list of things that they didn't get to do. Now, doing things is not the end all to be all, you know, we, we want to have, you know, great family, kids, grandkids, all those things make an impact, but we also want to make sure we've got great experiences and things that we, we enjoy. And so I, I've been more focused on that as making sure that, uh, this concept that I learned from somebody called Jesse Itzler is build your life resume, do some epic things, do things that are big things, big dreams, things that make you uncomfortable, but ultimately make you grow and make you a better person. Well, we hope you have enjoyed today's show of Your Retirement Elevated, a look back at some of the top stories from our 100 episodes of the program. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with Scott to talk a little bit about something that's on your mind, it could be something that's covered in one of these stories today, or some other question that's maybe bothering you or that's uh, been you've been curious about or you just want to know more about, well, reach out to Scott Dugan and ask your questions. You can find him online, of course, at listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. Or give him a call at 913-393-4724. You can tap into years of experience 
in the financial landscape and uh, make sure that you have a great plan for your financial and retirement future. It's easy to get in touch. Again, uh, call that number or go to listentoscott.com to get in touch. And Scott will be happy to help you out, answer some questions, and maybe look at doing a, a full financial plan with you if that's the right direction. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in and we'll look forward to talking to you on episode 101 coming up very soon. Another slate of 100 on the way, hopefully here on Your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for being a great listener and we'll see you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.